1: disney deciphered a podcast helping you save money time and stress as you plan your disney vacation today's episode we to take a look at genie plus strategies for the magic kingdom find episodes of this podcast anywhere you find podcasts and we really appreciate it if you leave us a positive review if you'd like to support the podcast check us out on patreon.com slash disney deciphered where you can receive bonus content you can also support the podcast at no cost to you by using me as your travel agent get started by emailing josephchung at travelmation.net you can also find us on youtube now youtube.com slash at disney deciphered and we'd really appreciate it if you could like and subscribe to the channel there if you have any questions email us disney deciphered at gmail.com, tweet at us at ww deciphered on twitter or find us on instagram disney deciphered thanks and enjoy the show Hi, I'm Joe from As the Joe Flies.
0: And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes.
1: And welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So we're closing out our Genie Plus Park by Park series. Hopefully it's been helpful to you. And we're closing it out with the park that we find the most value uh, Genie Plus wise at. That would be the Magic Kingdom, the original park at Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida, Lake Buena Vista, Florida, whatever you want to say. Before we get started and dive too deeply into a geography lesson, Leslie, uh, we have a new Patreon subscriber to thank. Who do we got?
0: Yes, thank you so much to Matt M for supporting the podcast. If you are interested in bonus episodes, trip reports on the fly, things like that, then you can go to patreon.com slash Disney Deciphered. And thank you so much to everybody who supports us now, who has supported us over the years. It still blows my mind that we've been doing it this long and this many people have jumped on board this bandwagon. I appreciate it.
1: Definitely likewise for me as well. So as we've been doing with... All these episodes, we have been starting with the individual Lightning Lane attraction at the park. Now, Magic Kingdom is unique in that it is the only park right now that has two individual Lightning Lanes, individual paid Lightning Lanes. Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, which is around 10 to $12, and then Tron Cycle Run, which is almost always $20. I'm sure it will go up at the very high peak times. Leslie... Let's start with Seven Dwarfs Mind Train. I I don't know. Which one do you want to start with? Or which one are you definitely buying? Oh, you know me, better question.
0: You know me, I'm usually definitely buying both of them. (laughs) But I mean I think right now I'm definitely buying Seven Dwarfs Mine Train because the cost is less. It's still a relative value as far as paid lightning lanes go. And then, of course, you still have the virtual queue going for Tron. And I think that'll be sticking around for quite some time. I mean, as we're recording this, we still have a virtual queue for Cosmic Rewind. So Tron is is much, much newer. So I think that'll be sticking around. So, So you have a way to cut Some of the line for Tron without necessarily paying the big bucks, but you don't really have that for seven dwarfs other than just the really painful rope drop for that, or or maybe super late, like with evening evening hours, if you're at a deluxe resort. So I guess I'm paying for that. If if I can only buy one, what about you?
1: Yeah, it's funny. I'm not paying for seven dwarfs mind train, but if you think about it value wise, like that is just because I don't love that attraction and I can live without going on in that attraction so i am buying tron not seven dwarfs just because i would rather go on tron however if you just think about it from a straight value perspective the wait times for seven dwarfs mine train like 60 70 80 sometimes 100 minutes for 10 to 12 dollars, that is a really great deal in terms of amount of time you're saving per dollar spent and so if i liked seven dwarfs and tron equally I would probably pay for seven dwarfs because it's much better value. However, um, as of right now, Tron's the big new thing Um, I would rather spend for that. But $20, I, I should make the caveat that the fact that Tron is like 60, 70 seconds long is a feature, not a bug for me because I don't want to be on a fast moving roller coaster longer than that. Leslie, did I tell you that I was getting sick on the silly symphony swings at Disneyland? Old Anjo. So mean. <laughs> this is how yeah, this is how bad things are getting. Like I wanted that ride to end. Like it was the first ride in a long time. I was like, I need this ride to end so that I don't get sick. Because of that, 60 seconds, perfect roller coaster ride for me. Um, and so, you know, I should say that if you want a longer roller coaster, Seven Dwarfs is longer. Not as thrilling, but it's longer. And so you're gonna feel like more bang for your buck there as well. So tough decisions to me to be made uh, between seven dwarfs and Tron. If you're not going to buy both of them. And I guess what I'm saying is Tron at $20 is kind of overpriced, but you know, I don't mind it because I'm paying to not get sick. (laughs)
0: Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I guess if you did the math for like the number of seconds of roller coaster and what you're paying for it, the value is definitely like probably three or four X on seven dwarfs, maybe more than that. I can't do the math on the fly, but if you're Joe and you're a wimp, then adjust your strategy accordingly. All right, well, let's dive on into the attractions that are on Genie Plus in Magic Kingdom. Just as a reminder, we've divided these into three tiers um, in every park, and Tier 1 are the attractions that you want to get first and that may be gone when it's time for a second selection. So what's in a Tier 1 for you, Joe?
1: Yeah, so I think Tier 1 is still just the two attractions, Jungle Cruise and Peter Pan, and that's because their return times just back up so quickly. Even though, you know, I guess for me, I'm at the point where, and we'll get into this later, Genie Plus strategy wise, like it's either get those two early or just get them not at all, or when I can. Like I don't I I, I just can't revolve my entire strategy around them. But if you must ride Jungle Cruiser Peter Pan and you want to ride them with Genie Plus, I think Typically, the best thing to do is make them your tier one attractions. Get those first because by the time, you know, it's even 10, 11 o'clock, they're already returning by mid afternoon. And then by mid afternoon, they're totally gone.
0: Yeah. And I should point this out for folks who are used to Disneyland, this is a little bit unusual. I mean, we all know at Disneyland, Peter Pan is always a super popular attraction, and you almost, can't get on it unless you're like at the very front of the rope at Disneyland. But Jungle Cruise is an attraction that you can have a short standby line for at Disneyland a couple of hours into the morning. Of course, at Disneyland, we don't have Genie Plus for Jungle Cruise. So that changes like strategies and and how quickly the standby line builds. But, but this is going to be an adjustment for folks who are used to sort of it's not one of the most popular attractions in on the West Coast. And suddenly this has to be a tier one pick for you when you're in Florida. So so plan plan accordingly. But this this always still gets me like I know intellectually I need to pick Jungle Cruise as my first selection in, in Magic Kingdom. But I still am shaking my head as to why, because I can ride it at 1030 at Disneyland and have like a 15 minute standby wait.
1: It is bizarre and I keep expecting it to change, but it just hasn't yet. Continuing with the theme of bizarre, the tier two attractions, quote unquote, for Genie Plus and Magic Kingdom. Like, I think we gotta put all the princess meet and greets and even Mickey at Town Square on that list just because they Push back so fast i was looking at the touring plans data and website and they're like ariel is the one that like sells out ariel and cinderella like sell out like super fast so like if you have a daughter like mine who really wants to meet the princess characters like you got to make i mean in a lot of ways for my daughter my five-year-old daughter the princess meet and greets are going to be tier one because I can get them all done in the morning while the return times are still pretty close by. And then, you know, I can worry about, you know, she, she would much rather meet four princesses than go on Peter Pan or jungle cruise. I mean, she doesn't even get the jokes on the jungle cruise. So I think those are tier two. And then I'll throw in space mountain and big thunder mountain into tier two, not because like they don't sell out that fast, For the Genie Plus, but if you want like a close return time, you got to get those a little bit earlier. That's just so that we could put something else in Tier Two that's not the princesses. Oh, and throw in Enchanted Tales with Belle, which you know makes more sense to me. It's more of an attraction. It's it's more developed and elongated of a meet and greet since they tell the story and stuff like that. But all those princess meet and greets, Mickey, and the two mountains, throw them into Tier Two.
0: Yeah, agreed. And then you, of course, have families like mine, Joe. I mean, we're not doing any of the princess meet and greets and. We honestly never have. Even when my daughter was younger, she just wasn't as into that. Or maybe she just got her princess fix at Disneyland. So there will be a lot of people who are sort of in my boat who those don't even rate. You're not going to be something that you want to do at all. So you're going straight to space and and Big Thunder Mountain.
1: Now, Tier 3, it's very Magic Kingdom, unique type thing. Only going to put one attraction here at least in my book and that's haunted mansion since that pushes back faster than the rest of the attractions on the list i this is mostly anecdotal but for me ever since they made changes to genie plus made it more expensive like not having it 15 dollars a day or whatever it was when it first started i find that for the majority of attractions in magic kingdom the return times are pretty close to Whenever you're looking like, so at 2 PM, the return times are at 2.30 or three, or I guess another way to say that is every attraction besides the tier one, two, and three attractions that we've discussed, they, their wait times or the return times push back at the same rate. So that kind of doesn't make any difference for the everything else, which there is a ton of everything else at magic kingdom. There's a ton of other attractions. Haunted mansion is one that we see pushing back. Faster than everyone else. And so we'll put that in as tier three. I was thinking of putting pirates in there as tier three, but really late in the day, pirates, even if there's no genie plus for it, the wait for pirates drops at Magic Kingdom. I've noticed after five, six PM. So decided to keep that out of there. So those are our three tiers. Again, the real surprising thing that kind of bear in mind is the princesses in tier two. Anything I missed or anything you prioritize on genie plus that might not be on this list here?
0: No, I think you've, you've got that right. But I mean, I, I too would put pirates kind of maybe in a tier three B just because that's an attraction I enjoy, enjoy riding. But, you know, there will be idiosyncrasies throughout the day. I mean, like you say, on an average day, uh, the wait times for, you know, say Buzz or Small World or or Winnie the Pooh, those are going to be pushing out sort of at the same rate. But then you have to think about, there's a ride breakdown, or maybe some rides at half capacity for whatever reason, because it's under construction, you have to start thinking about how that changes and, and really looking at the day that you have been dealt the hand that you have been dealt, and how that affects your strategy. So this is kind of the general rule, but there are going to be every day, there are going to be different exceptions to that general rule.
1: Yeah, so this is where we typically start to talk about our preferred genie plus strategies. And We will talk about them for Magic Kingdom, but before we get there, I think it we should spend a little bit of time talking about how Magic Kingdom, because there are so many attractions on Genie+, and because of the number of attractions at Magic Kingdom, there are a lot more breakdowns. Magic Kingdom is really the place where you really need to be on your toes, and (laughs) a friend told me the other day, and was like, Disney World was not very good for my anxiety, And I was like, why? Because there was too many people? And he was like, no, it was like, I was just so stressful about, I was so stressed about getting like the Genie pluses at the right times and things like that. So a little bit of a warning there, if you do get stressed about giving your family the ultimate experience or whatever, but it is the reality that at Magic Kingdom, you really have to play things by ear. And he was also saying that he used to love, I know not everyone loved this, but he loved having the three fast passes pre-booked. 60 days in advance. And so like he can anchor his trip or his day based on those. You can't do that anymore with the way Genie Plus is. And at Magic Kingdom, even more so, well, as of right now, who knows about 2024, but uh, with Magic Kingdom, even more so things change all the time. Attractions break down. Maybe you get a multi-experience pass. Maybe your kids just don't want to leave Tomorrowland and walk all the way over to Adventureland for uh, Genie Plus, you know, so you really need to play things by ear you're gonna be on your phone more than you want to be but that's the only way to kind of really do it at magic kingdom or i mean i guess the best way to do it is not to worry about it too much but if you don't worry about your disney planning you're probably not listening to this podcast
0: fair enough so why don't we first start with do you need genie plus in magic kingdom what is what is your take joe
1: Oh yeah, I forgot about that part. Yes, I'm sorry. I just, I just take it so for granted that I buy Genie Plus at Magic Kingdom like every single time. Like if I was going to only buy it for one park on a Disney trip for me personally, even though maybe you can get more value out of Hollywood studios with the wait times that back up there, I would do it at Magic Kingdom because you can just get on so many attractions with overall such a shorter wait time like genie plus is always worth it to me at magic kingdom. How about you, Leslie, or I know your answer.
0: Yeah, no, but even bracketing the fact that I always buy genie plus, that's going to be the one part for me that I'm going to buy it because I just feel like you get so much more bang for your buck, even though it costs more, you are going to get in potentially double or more of the rides that you would at another park. So on a per ride basis, you're going to be getting, you know, paying less per ride and, You know, it also is a great park for if you want to ride an attraction a second time. So say you want to start with like a space mountain, but you want to ride space twice, right? You can rope drop space and then you can genie plus space and you can really work out a strategy where you just get in a ton of rides overall over the course of the day using the usual other strategies, things like single rider lines or rope drop and whatnot. So I feel like you can really just have that day that you blow it out at Magic Kingdom if you are a ride junkie like I am.
1: All right. Before we talk about specific strategies, let's take a quick break and talk about where you can find us. We are on YouTube now, youtube.com slash at Disney Deciphered. So if you can like and subscribe to our channel there, hit the bell button for notifications. We would really appreciate that. Leslie, where can people find your work online and, you know, your Genie Plus strategies and extensive guides, which are really great. Some written by me.
0: So. Yeah, I was about to say that some written by you. So I am I started Tristan- too
1: confidently on that one. I was going to go over the humble, but my tone was too confident. So apologies.
0: <laughs> so com. That's with a Y and at tripswithsykes everywhere on social media. Where can folks find you, Joe?
1: You can find me at as a Joe Flies on social media. And of course, I would love to help you plan your Disney vacation as your travel planner. You can find me, Joseph Chung, or email me, Chung at travelmation.net, and I'll happily help you out with that. Yeah, so let's get to those strategies. There's a lot of ways that you can do it. If Jungle Cruise and Peter Pan, let's start by talking about if Jungle Cruise and Peter Pan are must-dos for you, I would suggest book Jungle Cruise early, Rope Drop Peter Pan, If you have time, maybe do another fantasy land attraction before your jungle cruise return time comes, but then, you know, go from there. So then you got pan and jungle cruise out of the way and then you can do the rest. Of course, we both love the morning mad dash. Leslie, we've talked about it a few times, but you know, how would you describe that genie plus strategy at Magic Kingdom?
0: So the goal is to get close in return times as quickly as possible and work your way through a lot of attractions. So say you, you book jungle cruise, you rope drop something else right away, and then you go redeem jungle cruise. And then you book something else right away that has a return time. That's basically ready for you. The second you get off of jungle cruise. So you're just kind of like working the system. You won't be able to book the tier one and necessarily the tier two attractions completely with a strategy. Like at some point, maybe it's your second, maybe it's your third selection. You're, you're moving more towards the tier three and, and the no tier ones, but you're able to get in a lot of rides. And then you can circle back sometimes because you're still early enough in the morning that you can book that lightning lane for another tier one, like a Peter Pan. It's still available at that time because you've just used them up the rest of them so efficiently. And it's, it's not too late.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is a extreme example, but just geographically, you could conceivably Rope Drop People Mover. (laughs) Haha, that's a joke. Okay, Rope Drop Space Mountain, right? And then you could conceivably do Buzz, Tomorrowland Speedway, Mad Tea Party, you know, a little bit of a joke. But still, you could do that on Genie Plus, Winnie the Pooh, all within the first hour and a half, starting from early extended hours, early morning hours. I can't remember. Why Why do I still not know what those are called? But you can get it all done like really quickly. And yeah, Mad Tea Party and even Tomorrowland Speedway, you know, they're not like marquee attractions, but you've really cut down your wait time. Five, 10 minutes per attraction, that really adds up early in the morning. And by lunchtime, you could conceivably be done with seven or eight attractions without breaking a sweat. And then it doesn't matter if the return times in the afternoon are later, stop and watch a parade, go watch Mickey's Fill Our Magic and, you know, enjoy some air conditioning, take a nap in Carousel of Progress. It doesn't matter because you've got so many attractions done with the morning mad dash early on. Okay, Leslie, you want to tell me what the early hours are called?
0: I think it's just early theme park entry, isn't it? (laughs)
1: <laughs> okay, you got it. You got it. You, were, you, you looked like you had it on the tip of your tongue, but you were well, less confident. Then I was second guessing myself. Less confident than I expected.
0: <laughs> you were well. I, I second guess it too. I'm like, what is it? What is it called now? Like, it doesn't have a capital letter associated with it all the time. So then you know, it's it's it was, forgettable.
1: It was like 15 years of extra magic hours. I know. You know, so and silly. Like, and it made so much sense. You know. I know. What's with all that rebranding? All right. If you're doing princesses again, I'll say. I recommend trying to get them done in the morning before the wait times back up quite a bit. I don't think, I think they open at 10 as well. So you can't start until 10. So maybe you can get one or two done, other attractions done before then. And then the last thing I'll say, I know again, if you're listening to this podcast, it might be difficult, but really at Magic Kingdom, you can take a strategy where you just roll in and then you just book Genie plus. Obviously accepting times like Christmas, the 4th of July, you know, days. actually this year's 4th of July was amazing, but like accepting the really busy times, Mardi Gras slash President's Day when I went last year, that, that this was not a time to use that strategy. But outside of those peak times during the year, you could roll into Magic Kingdom and just play it by ear, you know, go by what Genie Plus attraction is nearby to you that you're interested in. And don't worry about it. You can using that strategy. You can book six, seven, eight Genie plus return times during the day without breaking a sweat and not even worrying about it. Just to illustrate this, okay? It's two forty p.m. right now. Barnstormer is returning at two fifty. Buzz is returning at two fifty. Dumbo is returning at two forty-five. Oh, Bell's still around, and then Haunted Mansion. Big Thunder, they're returning at four, but Small World's at 245. So, like, if I rolled into, oh, Mad Tea Party's down. Get a multi experience off of that. But if I rolled into Magic Kingdom, like, right now and had Genie Plus, I could ride four or five attractions in a row on Genie Plus and not worry about it. Yes, it's the end of August and it's a lower time. But the point remains even in medium crowd periods, You can just roll with it. This is why I always buy Genie Plus at Magic Kingdom, because you can just roll with it and you can get yourself or your kids, in my case, on attractions without waiting too long in line and not worry about it too much. So to me, that's less stressful. I know not everyone's wired like that, but I do love fly by the seat of your pants, Genie Plus at Magic Kingdom Day.
0: Yeah, I like the flexibility of it. And for those of you who are Disneyland people as well, this will feel much more like how we do both parks at Disneyland the vast majority of the time. So, so it feels more familiar to me. And that's why, you know, and and, and once you are using it, once you've done it a little bit, we say it's stressful because you're having to to make decisions on the fly, but you also have the relief of knowing these are not like make or break decisions, right? You choose buzz instead of choosing small world. Well, you could have done it in the reverse order. It's fine. It's fine. And so the stakes are, aren't quite as high. The the tech glitches that happen don't ruin your day. And it's nice on occasion at Disney World for me to just not have to plan everything. It's great.
1: Yeah, the number of times like I've modified like that exact scenario, like Buzz to Small World or Small World to Winnie the Pooh. Like the number of times I've done that at Magic Kingdom is countless. And it's because it's like so low stakes. It's not like, you know, if I modify all of a sudden I got to wait four hours for Frozen Ever After or whatever. So, yeah, it's really great to be at Magic Kingdom and to do that.
0: All right, Joe. Well, why don't we close this episode out with a Disney do or don't? What do you have?
1: Well, once again, I have given it away during the main episode. But uh, my Disney do is do look for attractions that have close return times for rides that have long waits. I guess I didn't totally give it away. But a lot of times in Magic Kingdom, and again, you'll find this more now that they've gone to dynamic pricing with Genie Plus, but you'll see long standby lines, but very short Genie Plus return times. So I said Small World is you can... Go on Small World in five minutes if you're at the Magic Kingdom right now. The standby line, at least listed, is 30 minutes long. And so at Magic Kingdom, a lot of times you can just go through the Genie Plus line, even if you weren't planning on going to that attraction, just if the standby line is longer than you expected. So definitely be on your app. Keep an eye out for that. You can save a lot of time and stress. You know, It's always nice walking in the Genie Plus. It's it's always a great feeling in terms of endorphin rush. When you go to an attraction, there's a long standby line and you can book Genie Plus for five minutes from then and just walk right on.
0: Yeah, it is a great feeling. And remember too, as well, you can have that five minute early grace period. So even if you have to wait five minutes, you don't have to wait five minutes.
1: Oh, you're right. I don't have to wait five minutes. It's 240. (laughs) The Genie Plus is at 245, walk right on. So great, great point there, Leslie. All right. Well, that does it for our Magic Kingdom Genie Plus recommendations and for our genie plus park by park series please let us know what you thought of it you can leave us a comment youtube.com slash at disney deciphered you can tweet at us at ww deciphered on twitter or find us on facebook and instagram disney deciphered thank you everyone for listening other than that leslie thank you for taking the time to talk to me and i will see you in your morning mad dash at magic kingdom actually i won't see you you're going too fast
0: thanks joe